The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Hulu. It is a bi-week edition of Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score We're brought to you by IGS Energy. We got a great lineup of guests today. We got Tom Thayer and Jay Hilgenberg. What, what could be better than that? Two offensive. I'm digging into your past in this show. We're not just oh. talking about the Bears. We're going to talk a little bit about your journeys as well. Because I haven't had the opportunity to ever interview Tom Thayer. And I've never had the opportunity to ever interview Jay Hilgenberg on an in-depth level. There you go. Uh huh. This will be interesting. Yeah, you better take notes. But uh, the task at hand, though, is breaking down what's happened so far the first quarter of the season. Uh, Bears three and one sitting atop the NFC North at the moment, and uh, it's a feel-good moment. Three-game winning streak and a bright future ahead for this football team. Um, What they did against Tampa Bay, obviously, took a lot of folks by surprise. But do you think the Green Bay game still gives you a sense of reality? Yeah. Because I'm talking, you've got a team 3-0. Oh, you, know, yeah. you burst onto the scene. Mitchell Trubisky had the biggest game by a Bears quarterback since the 40s. But you think there's always that you know thing lingering in the back of well, your mind. Well, the lingering thing for me, fellas, is that they were one play away. I don't care what aspect of that game you're one play away right. from being unbeaten. But right. Matt Nagy's looking at that. That game will fuel something bigger down the road. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I, I think the team uh, grew uh, definitely that uh, that game at Green Bay. It was frustrating. Everybody's disappointed that week. But, you know, being 3-1 and one right now, I mean, that, that game's long in the rearview mirror. And uh, this team's thinking ahead. It's a great bye week. Uh, get ready for Miami. It's got to be like Green Bay going, oh, my God, whew, we got away with one. Because you think of where the Bears have become, have come from since that game. They go into that game. You don't know how many reps Roquan or Khalil mm-hmm. Mack are going to play. What is their offering going to be? What is Aaron Lynch going to provide for you for missing the, the entire training camp? So they had so many question marks going into that game. They're not all answered, but. I, I think the questions have gotten smaller. You know, that, that game was so big. It reminded me it was Jake when Jay Cutler's first game of the year that he was up at Green Bay. And I just remember it was the anticipation of that game was huge. And his first snap was a fumble. And just, I mean, they erased that. They lost the game, but they re- erased the whole era of that, that pass. And this team, they continue to build each week. Four games in a row, four games opening drives have been very, very good for the Bears. Uh, some led to touchdowns, some led to field goals, but that process is is intriguing to me, and it tells me a lot about what they're capable of, what Mitch is capable of. How do you guys look at that moving forward? You know, Jay used to bring it up a lot during the 85 season. You don't care if you win or lose the coin toss because the defense is so good that they're going to go out there and take a little starch out of your opponent immediately. But there's no better way than providing some starch in your team if your offense goes out there, boom, 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 goes down the field. And I think um, I, I feel that way going into the season. I don't care if they win or lose the coin toss. It doesn't yeah. matter. Right. I we, they almost remind me of the Packers. Remember, it's just years oh, past how the Packers get the ball. Touchdowns on you. <laughs> I would, I, if I was the Bears, I would never defer a coin toss. I'd taken the ball all year long. Well, if you get a lead with this defense, right? I mean, right. yeah, you're 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 giving them some ammunition, right? But you know, also you know, the kickoffs go in the end zone. They get the ball at the 25 yard line. If they could can create a three and out, then you're talking about the Bears. Their field position is right. better than if they get kicked off to because of the whole 
process of it. Right. No, you're right, Tom. You gave me a flashback there. When we played, I liked our defense going out there because there's always we'd probably get pretty good field position. Right. And you already put some doubt in the opponent's mind if they're going to have to deal with that defense being unleashed and be able to put their hand on the dirt and just pin you know, their airs back. Th- these are good options that we're talking about. This is stuff we haven't talked about. No uh, kidding. Uh, hey, it's much. been, a, you know, in, a, in the last decade, I believe, there hasn't been a def- just two defenses. I believe the Broncos are one of them that has, after one quarter of the season, they're in a top ten of almost every single defensive category top five in many and leading in some very significant ones, including sacks. And I think that pass rush is just scratching the surface. How do you guys feel about it? I agree. You know, I think back to last season, when you look at the conclusion of last season, the biggest profile defense out there was the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they went out there and two years ago, they started gathering some pass rushers. Collecting first rounders. Right. Collecting first rounders, getting a couple free agents, making sure they make the right choices, and boom, their defense now is the the marquee defense of the league still, I think. And then you see where it it brought it to the AFC Championship game, correct? So I think when you think about the defense, where they're ultimately going to go, the continuous process of this offense getting better, I don't. I don't think that anything's out of reach when you think about the future. You know, I, this defense reminds me of. Remember the. I don't know if it was a Thursday night for you guys or a Monday night night out in San Francisco when um, Vic Fangio was the defensive coordinator and they came after the Bears quarterback. Intercepted him five times. Yeah, Campbell, I think, was the, the, the starting yeah. uh, quarterback. Was that the Kaepernick game? That was the yes, first start yes, of yes, Kaepernick's yes, career. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he but, moved but, up and down the but, field. But that defense that night was just ferocious. I remember why, that game. And that's what this Bears defense reminds me of right now. And that was the Super Bowl team. As the Mac impact not surprised you, but made you stop and think a little bit about just how great he is. Uh, definitely. Yeah, it has. I mean, uh, going into this 2018 season, I, I was thinking, I mean, where what, what's really the, the hope of the Bears? Everybody's thinking, you know, the win-loss, are they going to win more in eight games or not? But then all of a sudden they sign Mack and boom, that Green Bay game, it's just, it's a different, this is a legit uh, Super Bowl contending team right now. The way they're playing, I know it's the first quarter, um, but. I think they, 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 back they, right. no, no, they, they, But I, I want to say, before he jumps too far ahead, hey, Vic Fangio has been 5-0 and before in his league as a linebacker coach in New Orleans Saints 1993. That was my last year in the league. We started 5-0. and We didn't make the playoffs. So, I mean, that, that's all given. But this is, a, what I'm trying to say, this is a solid core team. Right, you know, for Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack, Jay, what you, Khalil Mack, Lawrence Taylor, what are the comparisons between them, and what are like? Because I see Khalil Mack, he comes out of a three-point stance a lot more than the LT did. Right, he earns leverage against these tall offensive tackles. Lawrence Taylor's playing against the six-three and a half Jimbo Covert. They're more eye to eye. Now you get these guys. Okay, we got to have these offensive right. tackles that are nine feet tall, well, like Demar Dotson, six nine. He got right underneath them. Right, he, he's relentless. Right, I mean that's that's what I see. I mean that, he doesn't stop. I, uh, the other night, last week's game, when he when he knocked the forced the fumble, and then the way he reacted after the ball on the well, ground. How about, how about when he rushed the quarterback, tipped his hand, ball sails in the air, Trevathan intercepts, he gets it, 
gathers and starts running. Guess who's down there blocking for him? Right. Khalil Mack. Right. I mean, that was pretty good distance to hustle over. I mean, it's almost like I remember the day when Erlacher was leading the block uh, going down on a re- some well, love he had those guys fine-tuned because they, <laughs> they the turned that into an number. offensive It's play. the 50 number. They turn right into offensive linemen. <laughs> 50, yeah, but I tell you, that, that's the, the guy apparently does it at practice, too. He, he runs right. nonstop at practice. Yeah. It, and it, he's showing everybody the way. It, it's amazing. He is an amazing athlete. He's it, his Again, it's it's like relentless. It's um he reminds me remember Pierce Holt. I mean right. he he was an average athlete, but the guy was nonstop. Now you have Mac who's uh the probably the ultimate uh, athlete out there in the field who is nonstop. And you know the underrated I, I think he's outstanding at stopping the run too. Oh yeah. Be- because you can't just run it you can't just decide to run it. You know, guy. this is the funny thing about Khalil Mack. When you're playing at home and you can't hear the snap count, it slows the offensive tackle and Khalil gets an edge. When he plays on the road, you can hear the snap count, and he starts developing a familiarity with the rhythm of the count that he's playing against. So it's a double-edged sword for him. you got to slow tackle out of his stance in Soldier Field, and then you got you fall into the rhythm of the count when you're on the road. So it's, it's, it's double bad. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're with Jay Hilgenberg, the seven-time consecutive pro bowler and his former teammate and close friend. I don't know how these two don't you know kill each other sometimes, but... Uh, they don't. They still like each other. Our, our dogs do. <laughs> Maybe. That's Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak, and you're listening to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jay Hilgenberg. From WBBM's pre and post game coverage, which we will resume after the bye week in Miami against the Dolphins. We spent a lot of time talking about Khalil Mack. Let's spend a lot of time talking about Mitch Trubisky now. Seeing the growth over the course of the season is is going to be as compelling as anything with the offense and Mitch at the center of it. Where did he grow in week four? Confidence. You know, I, I think the better understanding he gets, that allows him to develop the confidence. Because you look at some of those throws that he made this week, he was being criticized for him two weeks previous to this, and now he's being complimented for throwing the ball into these tight windows. Whether Allen Robinson's touchdown, the play before that to Taylor Gabriel, the one nice pass to Tree Cohen down the sideline. You know what it is? is that you you see all these impressive fundamentals when you put a quarterback through drills at the combine and stuff, and he's capable of doing everything. But are you capable of doing everything that while you're going through the process of thinking? And I think Mitch has kind of elevated himself to a level that he's being able to be a free he, – he's more of a knower instead of a thinker, so he's able to be a better athlete doing it. Um, remember when Coach Nagy was talking about uh, he doesn't care about the interceptions and in practice down, and that that's really what it is. I practice. Mitch brought it from practice to the field Sunday, and that that's what you want to continue to see happen. It's not going to happen every Sunday. He's going to have his ups and downs, and um, everybody's going to have to live with that. That's just the way the NFL is. But the demeanor is key, and I think uh, Dave talked about it this week. You know, his demeanor was different. On Sunday, Matt Nagy says it was different as well. He was very steady. When they got the first couple of touchdowns, he wanted more. He did not want to. He, he was riveted to being great that day, and he was. He took advantage of a secondary in turmoil, got a lot of open receivers. The offensive line was spectacular. Yes. But, but him, you know, Matt stayed aggressive, too, in his play yeah, calling. I, right. I want to get to that, yeah. too, because Matt, I guess uh, he, he said this here a couple days ago, 
the offense, he went more to the meat and potatoes of the offense. And so if that's the meat and potatoes, I can't wait to see the steak. I, I think the big play was just him running the ball on that early RPO down the right side for 20-some yards. You wanted I, I think three of those? Was, or I wanted three, yeah, three of them. Okay. I got one long RPO keeper and then one yeah, long yeah. scramble. Scramble. But, hey, so, hey, I'll take those. I'll take those two out yeah, of three. Yeah, it's nice to know he has that ability, and you can see it in oh. some of these quarterbacks out there. But it, it's more if you have a designed run to him, that's when you start putting that fear yeah. in the defensive he, he has the ability. I think, I think uh, Mitchell's the most athletic quarterback the Bears have ever had. I, I don't think he's totally shown it at all, but I, he, he – He looks good on the hoof. He, he can run. 397 net, total net yards, the most since Jim Miller, 407 in Week 10 and 99 against Minnesota. So, yeah, the six touchdowns are sexy, obviously, uh, but I thought it was interesting. Sunday Night Football, they, it was like one of the last games they highlighted. When Pat Mahomes threw his six in week two, man, it was hey headline city. You go look at any nat- nat- national broadcasted uh, football game when they do the pre-hype, there's not one bear included in any of them. And all the national market They're going to have to change soon. Well, they'll change they, next they, year. Well, I, mean, I don't but, know. They better start. You're going to. Well, you're not going to. Khalil be, Mack, has got, he's got to right. be. Well, Khalil, well, the, well, the star is rising. He I mean, was in Oakland. That, Oakland's that, kind of a hidden market in this league as great as that franchise is it doesn't have the media uh, centric love of the game that this city does and nationally chicago is huge if they're playing well see but you you said the narrative the defense it's mac it's not offense in chicago it's all about the defense i would like to go back to see if they did any pre-filming hype with khalil mack in a raiders uniform and then all of a sudden they had to garbage it all up. That'd be an interesting question to ask Mac because, again, go watch, you know, go look at these pre hypes. No bear respect. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW. CDW, people who get it. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jay Hilgenberg with Paul Zeranger, engineer, and Dan Barilli, our producer, working the gum like Ditko over there <laughs> with his hat and everything. He, well, he looks, really, he he looks got, ready to go. He's, he's got that side muscle going right there. <laughs> he's also the Hallis Hall Employee of the Year, and that doesn't come easily. He literally, like, I'm not joking, he just blushed. Right, he's uh, blushing he right now. He turned into a tomato. He gets parked up close. <laughs> he turned into a uh, Better than a tomato can i guess but yeah so uh bears defense obviously we're talking about that the offensive uh versatility we'll get into that but i want to talk a little bit of special team before we get to our next break because cody parkey has proven to be a valuable asset nine out of ten of the field goal department all 12 of his uh, extra points and his kickoffs have been outstanding uh we had chris Tabor on the bears coaches show the other night he said it's not kickoff season yet Meaning the weather hasn't yes. turned yet. So that's when it'll become interesting and teams are going to do more. Right now, they're, they're just kicking out of the end zone. I, I think the same thing, you know, the kickers is as much of a weapon as the punter. And as that wind and that weather deteriorates and you be, you're more familiar with the circumstances in Soldier Field and you bring some of these teams that aren't, or if you have to go, I think the Bears have two powerful legs that, you know, that are, are really going to be able to help them go down the I, I just think Chris Tabor's an excellent special teams coach. So, I mean, I, I'm all on board with what he decides. What I like to – well, he's asked Patrick O'Donnell to change up his approach a little bit more into the hang time and also the direction as opposed to just banging it. Uh, and he does a great job. He's right now at uh, that magical 40 gross 40 net. Uh, uh, that's what you want in a punter these days. So he's doing his job and, and – you know, the Bears are getting a lot of punt returns because the defense is forcing three and out. Right. So, right. Tariq Cohen's leading the league, sharing the league lead in punt returns. That's, that's great. I mean, that's, Not average, 
yet, but he's second, but punt returns, yeah. actual punt returns, which creates field position. Right. I mean, hey, the kickers are important when you're in close games, but uh, I never wanted to be on a team where the, the punter and the kickers are the stars. Well, they're well, not the stars. Right. You think they're the stars? No, no, but, no. I, but I've been on a team. My last year in the, the NFL with the Saints, that, that's Morton Anderson. And, uh, that's he, all he, you had? He, he, and, that's all we had. And Jay <laughs> that was it. That at was one it. time snapped more punts in one season than any other player in the history of the league. Yeah, that was my rookie year. Why don't we have stats like that? I had, that that uh, should be in the NFL fact book. That, Get Coletti on I, it. I had multiple. Uh, solo tackles that I, I used to joke Pat, Patrick Manley all the time. I go, Patrick, why don't you go down and make you know how many tackles you got? He goes, Oh, four or five. I go, I, I had like ten or eleven my rookie year. I never told him we had an NFL record of 119 punts. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many total tackles you had in your special teams career? No. Okay, you should work on that stat. That's for sure. All right, we're gonna step away here. Segment number two in the books. We'll talk more with Jay Hilgenberg and Tom Thayer, two of the great offensive linemen in Bears history as we break it down. Bears 3-1 and one on top of the division, awaiting Miami when they come out of the bye week. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lawrence Street cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 11.05 on Fox 32 Chicago. A watch anytime at chicagobears.com. We're on the official Bears app. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer and Jay Hilgenberg, our special guest this week on the Bears bye week with the players off uh, getting some relaxation in, uh, hopefully uh, geared up mentally to stay in tune because of that big win. I don't know. Some people have said to me, ah, I really wish they'd be playing. Others said, hey, this is probably a good thing. They're not too high because now they're going to have to get refocused because they didn't play. And they got this Dolphin team sitting down there with Adam Gase. Their offense has been struggling. But where do you guys sit on it? Does it matter to you, on or off? I mean, it, it is what it is. So well, no, it, no, no, you it, can't it, have that answer. All right, then it's perfect. I mean, so <laughs> it, it, it's the perfect time to have the break. Uh, you're, it's, you're through four games. Uh, you're off to a really good start. Um, the, uh, this week is always a time where if you look at the coaching staff, I think I'm sure, I'm sure the offensive coaches are probably – forming up some type of game plan against the Bears defense, and the Bears defensive coaches are having a game plan against the, the Bears offense to self-scout themselves somehow. But as far as the players to rest, um, I, I, you know, it's it's a nice to three and one ahead of the division. How long does that have? Perfect. Well, you know, this was announced, and the players knew that this right. was going to be the schedule of this week. For us in our generation, Jay, it was dangled out in front of us like a carrot in front of a horse. <laughs> if we went and played a crappy game before the bye week and then we practiced the next week in pads in a physical approach to our days off, right. if we did anything good, we still had to practice, but maybe it was just in shorts and shoulder pads. So, I mean, it, it, was, it, it, it wasn't like the consistency of saying, okay, you guys, this is the way the schedule, this is your itinerary. You can formulate a plan that you want, if you want to do some during the bye week, it's it's better for the players to understand that the coaches respect them enough, and then the coaches themselves they don't have to be in the same room anymore to be uh, no. to scouting. Right. Uh, you know, we all have our tablets, and I can we can right. be in a conversation right. doing all that stuff. Yeah, no, I, but you know, I, I agree for the players right now. Take a little break uh, physically. You know, take a, rest your bodies for a few days and get ready to go. And then it's a big push. I mean, it's really not that. Ma- it's such a short period of time now. You know, after this, the Bears start up to the end it's of the season. Twelve weeks, right? Twelve weeks. Hey, that's. Uh, that, that's a that's a little workout program. Oh, so a little workout let, 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 program. Let's commit to everybody. Everybody what I do commit. like about it is for the next six are going to be at home. 
Right. So not the Miami game, but then after that, you get a nice, nice get and, a chance to and, really and, emphasize and, that home field and really thrive with it. And then right. you got a tough road beyond that. But I, I tell you what, I would have a different stance on this if the Bears were zero and four. Oh, and I, I would have a completely different thought about the bye week. I think you right now you can be a little bit more gracious to the effort that they've been giving since, you know, some of these guys have been here since July 15th. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's a pretty long stretch without a day off. So if they were an 0-4, you want everybody out of here. You want them gone, get, get, get out of here a week. Well, I, I mean, no, uh, I'd want them working. Yeah, no. I, would want right. them, I would want them here at least a couple yeah. days. In, and I, right. and they, maybe it would be Tuesday and Wednesday or Wednesday, Thursday, a really physical approach to practice. Yeah, but, you know, I, I think it's just uh, I think Coach Nagy has done a great job with the attitude here. There's excitement here. I mean, th- these guys want to come to work, I feel. Instead of, you know, oh, you know, here's a, we get a week off. The, the, these guys want to work. Hey, Jay, we were at the alumni dinner. You were uh, one of the uh, one of the players that showed and uh, met some of your old buddies and met different guys from um, different eras and so forth. But I had many guys, many guys right. coming up to me asking me about what's it like here now. Love listening to the games, love watching the games. You know, they live all over the place. Right. Um, that That was fun for me. That was fun for me to just sit there and talk to these guys about Khalil Mack and about Trubisky and about, you know, Allen Robinson, about Nagy. They're really engaged. Oh, there's no question. The alumni weekend is always a special weekend. I, I've made it about the last, like, seven, eight years in a row. So How come you can't bring this guy? Well, you know, he's a busy guy. You know, say so he, he needs his rest and prep, preparation uh, for the next day. But uh, the it, it's fun. You, you see a lot of guys you haven't seen in a long time. Saw so, uh, Donnell Wolford there. Hadn't seen him in a while. So it was good to see him. Had dinner with Patrick Manley and his, his wife. You know, what's really amazing is getting a chance to talk to some of the alumni on the sideline and the positive beaming faces that you saw on these guys. Three or four months ago, we're at the club at Strawberry Creek, Jay's Golf Course in Kenosha, where we had the alumni golf outing. The narrative there was completely different mm. than the conversations I was having Sunday. <laughs> right, because right, at the golf right. outing, there's more apprehension and concern. There's more, what is Trubisky really all about? Hey, who is this naggy guy? And now you got a little bit of, you unveiled a little bit of everything to these players. And man, in four months, you, you can kindly change the complete thinking process of the group of alumni. And, and I, I see the whole thing, you know, the, the alumni, what, what they've done, it, it, you really hit it to, to me, Tom, what, what's evolving here is the teams of the Bear is is Coach Nagy is really evolving. This is a team game. I mean, it, it isn't about Trubisky. You know, it, right. it, that what, that was the concern, you know, during the summer. What, what, what can Mitch do? Now it's evolving. We we saw what Mitch can do this past Sunday. It's there. You know, it's not going to be like that every Sunday, but it's everybody around him. It's a team game. If everybody can raise their game to that level and just play team ball together, this team's unstoppable. It's the life of a young quarterback, too. Yeah. There's going to still be growing pains. Hey, absolutely. You're going to be up and down. You know, it's the NFL. You're not yeah. It's, hey, you know. No one's ever played a perfect game. Tom got close a couple times, but, uh, you know. You know, what's funny is I think we brag a lot about this. You know Dave Agron. You play golf with him in the summertime. You play golf on the day that Vic got the hole in one. But I think the supporting cast for Mitchell Trubisky is really impressive. When you talk about Dave Agron, you talk with Mark Helfrich, talk about Chase Daniel. Everything that has been supportive to me, even Tyler Bray, all these guys that have supported the better of this team in the quarterback room – I think pays right, dividends for right. Mitch. That was funny. Uh, the, the day um, up at Strawberry Creek, we were playing golf with Vic Fangio. I was playing with Vic and 
Dave Ragone, and he had his hole in one. It was the day of the draft. We went up there. Vic hits Drafted a hole. Roquan. Yeah, yeah. He hits a four, number four, hits a hole in one. And um, Dave Ragone goes, oh, man, how are we going to live with Vic now? <laughs> and um, so, and, I, and at the end of the day, I didn't ask Vic any football questions until we got to 17. I go, hey, Vic, who do you like in the draft? He goes, uh, you know, George's linebacker is pretty good. That's the only thing he said. And, and later that night when they draft him, I go, Vic, a hole-in-one, and you get your guy in the draft all on the same day. Pretty nice day. Oh, for and you. then, by the way, a couple of months down the road, we're going to get you Kill Mac as well. So have fun with that. Have fun coming up with stuff. You know, it hasn't changed Vic's disposition. He is still a sour guy. I made, I made him laugh. I made him laugh on the coach's show a few weeks back. Because, you know, You're when you get a guy, guy. No, when you get a guy like Mac, you know, it's it, right. it makes even the coaches you know, we haven't even talked about that part. It well, makes you know, what's coaches funny more excited is from the broadcast booth the other day. There was a lady holding a woman holding up a sign. She turned around and showed it and said, "Thank you, Raiders." And <laughs> right. I think, I think, hey, it, right. I think it was funny because I mean, of, of all the different numbers in the Great Bear his, history, you see in all the jerseys, and that she's got a thank I, you. I'm Raiders. still shocked they sent. I dealt them. Unbelievable. Well, I, mean, I, 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 I got to tell shocked. you, I heard a story from an insider in the NFL world. And it's a, I, I really believe it because this guy's been in the NFL forever. He told me that Mark Davis did not have the cash to be right. able to yeah. pay there, there, for Mac for that yeah. deal because they, they had people pull out of the stadium yeah. deal. That, that is, they do have a financial issue over right. there. And I, I'm surprised, you know, having Gruden's someone, getting all the heat for it. Someone called from the West Coast and telling you the reason behind it. But again, it's Khalil Mack is the story, but lack of funding for the Raiders. I think he's really going to enjoy this place, too. I think he's already having a great deal of fun. It is weird being plopped into a team as it gets ready for the regular season. You don't know anybody. You've been in one place your whole career. You've lived it, obviously, hey, hey. too. Uh, but, and Tom did, too, when he went down to Miami. How does that, how does that feel when you. Parachuted into a a team, good, bad, or otherwise, in a locker room that, you know, you don't know anybody. You may know some acquaintances. Well, I mean, he he, Max the man, though. Yeah, he's coming in. In Chicago, loves him so. Yeah, understood. Uh, But what's it like? It's it's different. It's different. I I remember when I went to Cleveland. Um, I uh, flew down, met the team down at Tampa, and on the way back. Uh, even getting on the airplane, it's just like everybody have their regular seats, and it's like, oh, you know, where do you sit? Right. You don't want to take anybody's seats, so it's it's there's a little adjustment. It was different for me in Miami. Seniority got first choice of everything, and so I was the second player, a second oldest player on the team next to Marino. And so Dan pointed it out. He goes, "Look, he gets priority." And even even tape, though you're a newbie, from taping tables to seats, yeah. So no wonder we, we were losers. Right. So Dan ran the show. <laughs> he ran the show there. So, but he also gave respect to the guys that have already paid their That's dues. Great. You know, great. The, the only guy that ever similar to Khalil Mack in our career has been Reggie White when he went right. to, when he went to Green Bay because here's a guy that no matter what they had on the team, he came in as the elder statesman superstar, most productive guy, most important guy right. in your locker room day one. Hmm. That's Tom Thayer, Jay Hilgenberg, Jeff Joniak. We will continue after this break on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Thank you to Jay Hilgenberg for joining us today on our Bears All Access. Ruth's Chris would like to have this, have you have this $100 gift card to enjoy at one of their Chicagoland area steakhouses. Ruth's Chris. This is how it's done. So, Jay, here you go, and we expect you to take us to dinner. Is he taking us to dinner? No. 
<laughs> I don't know. Have you ever taken us you. to dinner? Thank no. You. I've been I've been to the you know, the seafood place with you guys. Let's go. But I don't think he picked up the tab. You know, the night before <laughs> that's the, for sure. The night before the Super Bowl. I think it was the night before or two nights before I was eating and Ruth Chris had started in New Orleans. And so I was there with my old college girlfriend and the waitress took her order and I said, Okay, I want a porterhouse for two. And then she left because she said I was ordering for both of us. And I go, no, <laughs> that's just for me and all the other sides and everything. So having gone there and eaten a steak well, for Well, you two. know, Tom and I, uh, we're, we've been on the silver screen. You, have you, know, you know about this story, Nebraska, the movie Nebraska? No. Yeah, no. the movie Nebraska came out. It, it did get nominated for an Academy Award, and uh, everybody kept saying, hey. Got Best Supporting Actress that year. Get, you know, hey, I, you guys are on that. Is that it a, movie. a Western sports movie? I mean, what, what is it? You guys wear it. Uh, right. It's about old guys. You guys going bareback riding the horses or what? It's, a, it, no. it's about a guy that's kind of losing his mind, and he thought that he won the $10 million sweepstakes, sweepstakes. prize, but but they send that to everybody. Oh. He was going to get his money somehow, some way. Anyway, the long story boring is that at one point in the movie, and I, I almost fell over when I heard I didn't believe anybody, and all of a sudden you hear, our broadcast and we're talking and they're not showing it. it's against the lions and Devin Aroma should caught a touchdown right. from Jay Cutler and I'm going bananas. And then he's got a read for Ruth's Chris steakhouse in there. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm looking for the, I just, I'm watching those credits come after the movie. Not a lick, nothing, nothing. no mention of wow. us at all. And, uh, I forgot the lead actor in that movie, but he's from the Chicago area. There Dern. are many. Huh? Laura Dern's dad. Yeah, Bruce oh, Dern. Oh, yeah, Bruce, Bruce Dern. Dern. Yeah, yeah legendary. So, True grit. So yeah. then, uh, so the Super Bowl's in New York that year. All of a sudden, I get a PR flack calls me up. Hey, would you like to interview Bruce Dern? He's uh-huh. uh, going to, he's going to, you know, he's, he's a New York <laughs> Giants fan, or I don't know what it was, but, you know, he's in New York. And you want, I go, yeah, I'd like to ask him a couple questions. Uh-huh. I'd like you know, to ask him. Where, where was the permission for Tom and I and the Bar- and WBBM to get the credits in the movie for Nebraska? Nope, nothing. Never heard if, back from If them. that's not a George Costanza type of deal <laughs> right, where he's exactly. going to go out and seek out David Letterman. <laughs> exactly. Just, right, Bruce that Durham. Is, wait, that, that is a total Seinfeld yes, episode. Right, anyway. Bruce Durham's looking, who's this guy? Right, 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 right. Okay, well, it was, it was a good movie, though. It made me laugh. Back to the matter at hand here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy with uh, Tom Thayer and Jay Hogan. This is what happens when you're with close friends. You know, you, you forget where you are a little bit. We're just having a football <laughs> well, conversation. And this is what it's like being with you guys. And it's been that way for my 22 years with you guys. And, Jay, when you came aboard in 2001, uh, is that this is the stories. The stories are endless. When you guys but, talk about your football careers, it's just not the 85 Bears. That's easy. But it goes deeper than that. You guys are always talking about your, your days and from youth football on up. So, in the end... As I now turn this a little bit, what and who was the most significant, impactful football person in your lives? I'm going to start with you because, Jay, you got the Hilgenberg family right, is, is right. a great note. But out of that Hilgenberg family, you got to pick one. You, you cannot say every no, Who's the one that no, no got one. you mentally and physically wow. and spiritually ready to play the game of football at any level of your professional so and it can't be any family. Life. It can't be any, like No, it my, can be a family. It can't be my dad, yes, my, it can. my older brother. But who is it? My, my... Who is it? There's got to be the one. Who is the one? 
Well, and for you, I know that's difficult. Yeah. If you need to think about it a little well, more, you know but what? you're only allowed right. to pick one. Let no, me, hey, my my dad was, you know, first team All American center in 1953. He's 87 years old now. My uncle played 16 years in the NFL, started four Super Bowls. My older brother was All Big Ten, two time captain of Iowa football team. My younger brother played 10 years in the NFL. So, I mean, it's tough. Well, I, I think the one story that I remember but is um, I was a sophomore in high school, went down to the uh, Super Bowl um, in New Orleans. It was the Vikings versus the Steelers. And went to the hotel, and Wally, my Wally Hilgenberg, my uncle, uh, was not in his room. And I went and knocked on the door, and his roommate was Alan Page. I was a sophomore in high school. And I sat there and talked to Alan for about a half an hour, waiting for Wally to show up. And he never came up. And then my rookie year as undrafted free agent coming here to the Chicago Bears was Alan Page's last year. And that's who I practiced against then every single day my rookie year. And he... He worked with me. He made me get my stance. He goes, I don't want to read if it's a run or a pass. And he told me, he goes, here, I'm going to do this to your hand so you can't get a hold of my inside of my chest. And so, I mean, he he worked with me nonstop. Okay, that's a great story. Alan Page is the most respected man, one of the most respected men inside or outside of football. Who is it for you? It's got to be just one. Well, if, you know, for me, it was when they – I wasn't surrounded by sports and football like Jay was. And the more you hear the stories, the more unbelievable it is, especially because we're surrounded by football. But there was a guy in Joliet that was starting the Pop Warner division in Joliet, and his name was Rocky Carnegie. And he came over to our house knowing that we had two sons in the family, my brother being the older brother. <clears throat> and when they started that um, Pop Warner, that's what got us introduced to football – but then they, my brother took a snapshot for the newspaper, him and a guy named Teddy Matichak. Teddy was the quarterback and Rick was the center, and they took a picture saying we're starting a Pop Warner football league over at Pershing grade school. And it was his introduction, but then it's my mom because my mom drove me to practice every day, and I always tell the story that my first two years of practice, I cried every day, every day on the way to practice because I was such a baby. <laughs> and she would say, you'll stop crying when you see your friends. You'll stop. And that's a way, if it wasn't for her perseverance, I would have been, you know, sitting in my mom and dad's basement right now. <laughs> stop crying when you got your right. first paycheck, too. But, right? uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I started crying then <laughs> because it finally paid off. But, again, you know, it's different because you hear the stories. from you know, Jay was telling the story about once how um, – Howard Cosell was walking in the hotel to do an interview, and Wally threw a garbage can of water on him. Same Super Bowl, yeah. <laughs> Same. So yeah, w- Wally loved. Uh, he loved that story. Um, yeah, dumped it. He was like, uh, just to be a smart aleck. Yeah, or yeah. Was there distaste for Howard yeah, Cosell? Got, a little combination. Probably maybe? all about all yeah. above. Yeah, Wally used to say the toupee slipped down over his head and. And, and and Howard Cosell is really pissed at him and just goes, you know, how do you expect to ever win a Super Bowl when you act like this? So. But, but that's the thing about it is, you know, because we what we know of football is because from our time in football till now, when you hear Jay's history in football, yeah. you hear names. He showed me an autograph book once of the players he met in his lifetime and it's it's the most impressive display of professional Jay's football. Book. Yes, of autographs of the history of the game you'll ever see. Yeah, I, 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 as a kid, I used to write into like all the NFL teams and uh, ask, you know, for like you pictures. did. Oh yeah, yeah, you wrote to them for oh, yeah. autographs oh, and oh, pictures. I, yeah, yeah, you were one of those Absolutely. kids. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I, so I, I still I have all the pictures and all the autographs and everything. Really? What's the yeah. most significant one you ever got? Oh. 
I, I don't know. The, what was the one we looked at? The, the he's, his, my, his, forget me. The defensive back coach that's still coaching. The old coach that played for the Lions. Tom Moore. Uh, no, no. Oh, um, not oh, um, Dick. Not Dick. Uh, yeah, Dick LeBeau. Dick oh, LeBeau. Dick yeah, LeBeau. Dick LeBeau. Dick LeBeau is his player's picture. But Tom Moore. Um, actually, a Tom Moore story. Um, they honored the. Uh, 1958 Iowa Rose Bowl team last weekend in Iowa City, and my dad was coach uh, coach on that team, and Tom Moore was there also. And so, and last year when we played Arizona, I went and sat on the bench with Tom Moore, introduced myself through the Hilgenbergs, and he goes, "Sit down here, let's, yeah, talk. let's talk." I mean, those are invaluable, and you get the opportunity. Obviously, you get to the stadium early, so you can run into a lot of folks. You're you're one degree of separation from just about everybody in the National Football League or USFL, uh, certainly among coaches. And it, how gratifying is it? to this day to be able to just sit and talk football with the guys who coached and played the game. Well, you, you guys, you know, what's neat for me is just real quick this past weekend in Tampa Bay, they had a guy, Jack Sitchie. I played with his dad in Notre Dame. So I went and sought him out through Bobby, uh, through the trainer in Tampa because I just wanted to meet him. I just wanted to do some and tell him about the impact his dad had on me. <laughs> his dad recruited me at Notre Dame and he's one of the reasons I went there. And I just said, you know, congratulate yes. your dad. Your dad was a heck of a football player because I don't know how many people tell him that his dad was a good right, player. That's great because Tom Moore came up to me and uh, said that to me years ago how my how my father helped him so much his freshman year at Iowa that so that's one of the legendary offensive line coaches uh, in NFL history no no Tom Moore the not Joe Moore Tom Moore Tom Moore the uh, the white-haired offensive coordinator for Peyton Manning yeah 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 yeah. okay 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 yeah he's Iowa Hawkeye yeah what did he play he was a quarterback I believe at Iowa very good yeah Oh, there's great history with all you guys. It's unbelievable. It's a lot of years of uh, conversation and experience, that's for certain. All right, one more segment with Jay Hilgenberg and Tom Thayer, along with Paul Zeranger, engineer, and Dan Barilli, our producer. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. This is our final segment tonight on Bears All Access, presented by IGS Energy with Tom Thayer. And Jay Hogenberg, I'm Jeff Joniak, Bears 3-1 and one of the bye week, and we can start looking now at some uh, detail on where we'd like to see things go now. From this point in the season, as Jay said, it's a quick 12 games. It, it won't feel that way. And to me, things don't really get going, and most coaches will tell you uh, the season really begins after Thanksgiving. So let's get to Thanksgiving. Let's get to Thanksgiving. How do they get to Thanksgiving to be relevant, and how does this translate into wins here in this stretch of games coming up? I mean, I think they got to be mentally prepared as soon as they get back because as much as you kind of thought about this bye week early in the regular season, oh, let's just get to there. Now, Jeff, you got no more bye week. You got no more open windows. You got noon starts up and down the line. You got a Thursday game on Thanksgiving. You could be, there's a good chance that you're going to be a good enough team at the end of the season. You possibly could get one flex. So now you got to say versatile in those terms. But, this isn't something that you can say, okay, we'll take a game to warm up. Uh-uh. Oh, no. you got you got to be right. rock and roll ready when you go to Miami. Right, yeah, we're familiar with Adam Gase here in Chicago. He's going to have uh, he's going to try to run the ball and be physical, play it tight to the vest and uh, have it uh, keep it close to down to the fourth quarter. And, and I I know Tom, you talked about uh, last week at the end of the game about possibly the heat uh, down in Miami. You played your last year down there. So that that could be something that that um could really hit this team yeah, at the noon start 
one o'clock start in the East Coast. Well, you, you think of what are the most taxable positions out there. So it'll be the offensive line. It'll be the four defensive backs, five defensive backs because they play so many five, four and five wide receiver sets and the quarterback position. Those are the guys that are guaranteed to be in there every single play. Right. And it can be a, it can have it a toll on those. And in that he can be a factor. What, I know. What you can't, you, I know what I, I know. Cause you bring it up almost any, anytime the schedule comes out. Okay. I'm worried about Tampa. I'm worried about Miami. Right. Uh, you're not about Arizona well, what anymore. You do, I but think it, but what, what's hot for you? Uh, what's what's hot for me is, I mean, if you got blazing sun that's in the 80s, and you, uh, what color jerseys do they wear down right. in Miami? And so if you're going down there and you're in blue jerseys, you got on a blue helmet. That that all that heat has started to absorb, and then the pads you're wearing. I remember Jay. I stood up once at halftime, either Tampa or Miami, <laughs> right. and Jay says, I've never seen a person sweat as much as you. And then I stood up, and there's actual puddle underneath me inside my chair. I, I, I've never seen a guy. But that's him. I, I've never seen he, a guy. He's a sweater. Right, I've never seen a guy have to change their shoes at halftime. His shoe, <laughs> the, 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 shoes, the shoes were wet, and you could actually you could see squish, the sweat squish, come, squish. Right, coming out of it. So I, I do. I think about the heat, and, you know, Jay doesn't sweat, so it didn't you know, it, it's It's probably, you know, Maybe that's the reason they gave James Daniels a few reps this past weekend, too, for the offensive line to, uh, to get him in the game down at Miami. What did you see? I like what I've seen out of James since he's got here. You know, he kind of took that first week to get acclimated to the speed of interior offense and defensive line play. And then he started showing signs of versatility. I think he's a, a well-schooled center, and he's got the ability and the body size to play guard. I think he's got an incredible upside in front of them, and I think you kind of give the luxury to the Bears that, look, if anybody else is a, can transfer to a different position and make us stronger and put James where he's the most comfortable and confident, I think they have that luxury. I, I think, uh, you know, Harry Heastad, again, it's almost like Chris Tabor and th- this whole coaching staff. I, it's an excellent coaching staff. You know, we're familiar with Harry here, and uh, James is a good player. He's going to be – Needed this season. I mean, the five guys in there that are starting, I think, are doing a great job so far. And it's just uh, the the one thing I think they need to work on and to look at, and I'm sure they will, is somehow let's get Jordan Howard going a little bit better. Yeah, that's uh, Tom's big thing, too, and he will be needed. He will be needed when the weather turns. He'll be needed, period. I mean, if this team is going to continue to have the defense play like it's – it has been in a dominant way, and your offense is, is getting right. the job done. You're gonna you're gonna need different elements of the of the running game to at different stages of the game to become it, it, a factor. Right. It's, it's gonna be interesting because if Mitchell continues to have big games like this, it's gonna be easy to get Jordan Howard going. But Jordan Howard, if they if he can get going like this early in the game, Jordan Howard's a type of guy that at the end of, or the middle of the third quarter through the first, fourth quarter he could take over the game, right. and then also now you're creating fatigue against your opponent rather than being tired out yourself. Which it seemed like that that was the kind of the game plan it looked like this past week because uh, Tree Cohen had so many reps in that right. first half, right. and so hey. It worked well. Yeah, big runs uh, and big catches by Cohen. And, uh, you know, explosives. you look at that. Yeah, explosives. Explosives. Wait, Bears wait, had 10 what, what, explosives. What's explosive? Is it 20? 20, 20 I mean, 20 some, some say 25. Others yeah. say 20. They keep stats on the 20. You know, at the, the stat book that they always put out at the end of the game, I always look they at the, 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 yeah, the longest, longest place. place. Man, those things were impressive this past yeah, week. Yeah, you know, I thought it was also impressive. We haven't talked about it enough, given no Prince of Mukamara and having – 
a rookie in there in Tolliver, and you got, you know, in packages with Sherrick and Bryce Callahan has been playing very well yeah. off, off the nickel. If he could just stay healthy, it, he's really elevating his game, setting the tone a little bit. I tell you, two weeks in a row behind the line of scrimmage. If you go back and you look at the very first play of the game by Bryce Callahan, so they're going to run a quick screen to the left-hand side of the offense. So they got – um, Evans is supposed to go out and, and block him, and he gets a lazy stance, and now Bryce beats him upfield. Now they're sending the left tackle out who's blocked first force, which would be Callahan. Callahan gets so fast, so by him quickly that the offensive lineman can't block, block him else is going to be illegal. Evans misses him, and he makes a tackle for no gain. It's an incredible play of just being able to anticipate and follow through by Bryce Callahan. What I was impressed with was the tackling because you, you couldn't get beat deep. Right. You know, it's very easy to get beat deep by Tampa because of the variety of weapons right. and, and so forth. But the pressure was good, and then you marry that with, yeah, okay, if they're going to catch it in front of you, put them down. And everybody was put down. Yeah, they, they, the longest play was the Deshaun Jackson 48-yarder on that crossing route down. the. Uh, you know, it was a deep ball from Fitz. But – the tackling was superb. Right. No, I commented on the post game how physical that those defensive backs are this year. I'm, yeah. I've been mentioning yep. almost every uh, uh, coach on the staff. Ed Donatel's doing a great job back there. Yes, he is an outstanding secondary coach. Uh, he he doesn't mince words with the guys. Right. He's he's no. very thorough. I mean, I, I, we talk about it too. He, he has the a lot, teaching he, has been great. Yeah, he asks a lot of questions on the golf course, so he's always asking me which way <laughs> which way the green breaks and everything. No so. one knows your course right. like you, so but you're gonna go right, right to the right. source. Uh-huh. What do you think of the Ryder Cup? You know, I, I'm not a big Ryder Cup guy. Okay. Uh, it's just because uh, they're, these guys' attitude and everything, they, they change. They, you know, they're jumping around cheering and rah, rah, rah. You know, when they're out there playing professionally, why don't they? If, if that works better, why don't they have that same attitude? <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, it's us against the world, though, Jay. Shouldn't it, that mean something? Um, yeah, a little bit. No, not it, really. Okay. It, it, it always is. All right. Well, we appreciate your time, Jay, coming out on this bye week. We enjoyed the storytelling, that's for sure, and uh, probed you a little bit. But we we love having you. You can hear uh, Jay Hilgenberg on WBBM, pregame and postgame. You've been doing it a long time now with Jim Schwantz and Ron Gleason. You guys are a good trio. And uh, we get out of the way for you guys for a little bit in uh, pre- and postgame. And you guys have a good time. Tom, any final thoughts? Well, go on to Miami. You know, the Bears just got to keep this rolling. I know there's a big, you know, big open window here, but. Well, I mean, Tom should pick out the restaurant down. Miami is his is, uh, old team down there. So. As long as it's 10 minutes from the hotel. All right, that's going to wrap <laughs> us up. For Tom Thayer and Jay Hilgenberg, I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks, Paul Zarang, Dan Barilli, and the staff at 670 to score. Have a great night. Bears, Dolphins coming up after next week. They'll get back to practice on Monday. Go Bears here on 3 and 1 and Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Athletico Physical Therapy, and Ford. 